0: Hello, Rebels. You've tuned into the Rebels Rewatch, and this week we're talking about Homecoming. Alright, so we are continuing with at least one uh, character-centric growth episode. We're we're in that season of the season, apparently, (laughs) as we chug through Season 2. And so, uh, coming off the tail end of Sabine and Zeb, uh, getting some character growth. Now it's time for Hera, uh, who hasn't sort of had her own episode since the B-Wing episode, I would say.
1: Yeah, and we only got a little bit of her backstory in there.
0: Yeah, which to that one, I really liked how it was handled in just conversation of like, what makes you such a great pilot? Well, let me tell you. Like, it wasn't exactly just straight exposition, mm-hmm. um, but it it wasn't uh, it wasn't fully teased out it was just enough to see that clearly she grew up in rough times and she is a Twi'lek so you can assume uh you know her given her age growing up on Ryloth during the Clone Wars and everything like that so you know the fire started during hard times clearly and that's what drives her so hard and that's why Hera really pushes for she's the rebel of the the ghost crew of Mm -hmm. of the Phoenix squadron she is the rebel I would say and uh you know not to downplay everyone else but everyone else is kind of just there for everyone else like you know Zeb's kind of there for Kanan Kanan's kind of there for Hera Sabine's kind of there for Hera I guess and Ezra's there for Kanan
1: and Chopper just likes causing chaos
0: (laughs) Chopper goes where Hera goes because uh, he's a good boy. so you good. Know, and, and that's not to discount and say, oh, the, the others are faking it or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's just... The fight, I think, is definitely more real to Hera, more personal to Hera. The Empire's taken something... And we've even talked about this before, where everybody has a reason uh, to fight back to the Empire. They're, everyone in the Ghost Crew has a reason. They've yeah. all lost something to the Empire. But... Largely, it seems like they think of that as their personal battle, whereas Hera is different in that she projects it as this is why I fight with others and for others. Yeah, she doesn't take it as oh no, I fight for me and what the Empire took from me. You know, it's not even about her people. It's literally just because it's the right thing to do with her, and I think yeah. that's what makes her a rebel, rebel, not just a part of the cause. If that kind of makes sense, without dividing mm-hmm. characters and everything. I, ju- I think she's there for others, not for herself.
1: Yeah, and it's an interesting character study of, like, you have parents who are teaching their children certain values mm-hmm. and they take it in a completely definite the de- 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 direction that their parents went in.
0: Well, that's a really good point because the whole concept of this episode is her homecoming with Ryloth, yeah. which brings her back into contact with her dad, and I don't think anybody was stupid to this, like Hera Syndulla, Captain Syndulla, Yeah. I, I feel like it was, unless it had been very long since you'd viewed Clone Wars and you managed to stay kind of disconnected from the discourse mm-hmm. to where nobody pointed it out. I, I don't feel like a lot of people were surprised by this. I think it was more so, oh, finally, we're acknowledging it. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, are we ever going to acknowledge that she shares the same name with so-and-so? And here's that episode. So um, in that confrontation, it's interesting because your point to my point, Cham, uh, her father is very much that they've taken this away. It's a personal battle. I'm doing this for me, and and he even dresses it up as he's doing it for his people. And I do believe he believes he's doing it for his people, but largely it's his pride that drives it. It's his uh, hurt. That drives it, which arguably is the same for Zeb. Uh, I lost all my people to the Empire. It's the same to the uh, Sabine. Uh, you know, the Empire destroyed the Mandalorians and corrupted the leftovers. Uh, it's the same for Kanan. The Empire is the reason the Jedi are gone.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: the same for Ezra. Uh, the Empire is the reason my parents are gone. Um, so Cham is very much the Empire is the reason for all my pain and suffering, for all of my people's suffering, whereas... Hera, growing up around that, I think, is where she developed the you know counter direction that you're talking about of. Yeah. I I think it's bigger than that. It's not just about what the empire's taken from me and from us. It's about what they've taken from everyone, and that's why she fights. And she she even has a confrontation with her father to that thing where Sham just outright says, "I don't care about everybody else. Mm-hmm. I care about Ryloth. I care about us." Yeah. And it's an arguably noble stance, but it's still selfish. Yeah. Um, it's not a fully realized sort of heroism and everything. And so, yeah, so, uh, um, there's the setup, uh, essentially the reason they're going to Ryloth is a reason I love because it introduces a ship I love, but you do um, love that ship. they're, they're still base hunting and because they can't find a base, um, they at least need something that can hold several ships while they refuel and, and all this other stuff because the main thing is basically that's why I, I i think even two of the most recent missions have been around fuel like it's um i I could be remembering wrong but like they're they're constantly looking for fuel cuz they're constantly traveling yeah. now if they could just fuel one big ship that carried other smaller ships they could conserve more fuel mm-hmm. and so that's the uh you know, uh, Commander Satos recommends uh, that to them as opposed to continuing their hunt for a base, at least for now. Um, and so uh, kind of hovering over Ryloth is a new kind of ship, although it, it, it does come from Legends, which is any new thing introduced to Rebels, you can assume it's from Legends or, or based on something. Um, but it's new to the world in that it's a it's a ship carrier like it's a it's not your traditional uh space pizza it's not a star destroyer although star destroyers and that's the thing is well why not just use a star destroyer uh why not just use a superstar destroyer super star destroyers weren't a thing right now they wouldn't be for another i want to say uh three years three or four years maybe something um It, it wasn't, it was probably in development and honestly probably developed from, uh, these, uh, carriers. But, uh, so if you remember Clone Wars, Star Destroyers, and like, it's weird that they would be called that. And they did refer to them as cruisers, but they are, yeah. they are Star Destroyers. Um, they are like much more based on like modern real life, um aircraft carriers yeah they are meant to carry but they can defend themselves um that's arguably possibly why uh, the separatists were able ship to ship to be pretty tough enemies is because yeah they could carry more fighters but they didn't have any more than necessary in terms of weapons um so when they when the Empire took over and they started developing their star destroyers they went the whole different direction more weapons, less carrier space, so there's a lot, they carry a lot less in terms of ships, but there's not a lot of competition when it comes to firepower. Yeah. So uh, this carrier, which, let me see if I actually have uh, the name in front of me. Um, Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's specifically the Titan named in the episode, and I don't think I have it in front of me, but um, it's like a double wide Star Destroyer. (laughs) uh, And all of its attention is on ship carrying. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's just flying hangers, really. Uh, It's got uh, weapons uh, to defend itself, but most of its space is dedicated to carrying ships, which would be perfect for the Rebels. But it's kind of like a one-ship blockade, essentially, Um, which is why they proposed taking it is because it's kind of self-contained. Yeah, you have to get through all the fighters to get to it, but it's kind of its own ship. If we can get that, we're good. It can carry everything we need. Um and it's just a really cool looking ship. I love star destroyers in general. And for some reason just wide. They're like when you especially look from the front and you see the hangers, I don't know, it's just a pretty look. It it's li- cute, it's okay. like it's literally like um uh, uh airbase hangar. Uh but flying, <laughs> like it's literally arranged like that, and it's just aesthetically very cool. Yeah, and that's so that's the mission, and they're they're for some reason, um, uh, the only real reason is so that they they can have this sendula reunion. But for some reason, they reach out to Cham for help with taking this. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, when you need rowdy tactics, you need a rowdy boy to do it. Well,
0: I, they kind of did it without them anyway, <laughs> like yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, ghost I, I keep referring to them as Ghost Crew just because that I, I don't know. I think of them as Ghost Crew. I know they're Phoenix Squadron or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and I know they I, I don't think they changed names. I think they remained Ghost Crew despite being a part of Phoenix Squadron, but that's yeah. just semantics. But um in the end, it's it's Ghost Crew that's actually the ones that take the ship. Um all because uh Cham and his two freedom fighters, by the way, he only brings two other people with him. Like, it's not like Cham brought a whole militia. He brought himself and two people.
1: Yeah, who are, I'd like to point out, wearing pieces of clone armor.
0: Yeah, they all are. Um, which, it goes to show, you know, they started fighting in the Clone Wars and just seem to have never stopped. Yeah. Uh, even the blasters they use are old clone pistols. Um you know, so it's, it's, it is interesting seeing. Uh, so that's the whole perspective. Cham's thing is we don't want to take the ship. We want to destroy it mm-hmm. because the Empire's taken from us. We want to take this. Like he's not thinking of the greater good. He's thinking about Ryloth's good or, or his good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, but in retrospect, nearly 20 years of war I kind of understand where he's coming from with these unhealed wounds. I mean, he seems to have started fighting and never really stopped though. Yeah. I, I love um, there. There's cute scenes with Kane and, and, Cham anyway, because this is the first meeting of, yeah. of you know,
1: meeting your girlfriend, <laughs> wife's dad.
0: Yeah. Um, but then he's also just genuinely taken with him when he starts talking about the clone wars. And I think that's, a big deal for Kanan just because it has to do with a period where that was like the last happy moments of his life was the Clone Wars. Um, And and that's like horrible to think about because it's still war, but he had his master, he had the Jedi order, like it sucked, but it, it, it was what he knew. Yeah. And so being able to reminisce with someone else, like who else around him really knew Jedi? Yeah. Nobody. So to finally be able to share stories, like, you know, Cham, I love that he talks fondly about Mace Windu.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you don't even have to have seen the episodes, but he directly references the Clone Wars episode where he's introduced. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is a really cool note of, uh, just for, for longtime fans, but also just to have, like, there are still some people that remember. Uh, unfortunately, Cham just remembers too much, and he just can't let go of his hatred towards the Empire, which I do think it's interesting how much they relate the Empire to the Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really get into that, but it'd be interesting to kind of dig into that. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, their liberators eventually became their... Um,
1: Oppressors. Uh,
0: yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting. I know in... Um, I forget where where it came from. It might even be Legends material, but I know at some point there was like... Um, musings of a particular character in relation to ryloth's campaign and talked about the men in armor um showed up and saved us and but eventually stopped like talking to us and then eventually they uh just changed altogether and they weren't who we knew or something like that i don't want to say it was just because i don't want to be completely wrong
1: yeah but, but it's
0: it could so have key. been. It, it, it could have been. Yeah. Because she does show up in this.
1: By the way, the little girl that's she, in the Waxer and Boyle episode Yeah,
0: she's is like, Numa. Yeah, she, she shows up here um, and is quite... She's a fighter. Uh, that, yeah. But that's the thing is she's been left with Cham, you know, because um, Waxer and Boyle obviously didn't stick around, although clones did stay on Ryloth. Yeah. They didn't stick around.
1: Man... Could you imagine if Numa was raised by Waxter and Boyle instead? <laughs> It'd
0: be very different, I'm sure. It'd
1: be incredibly different.
0: Um so yeah, like uh it, it would be interesting to get in more into that. Uh and again, I I don't remember where I got that from. I'm pretty sure probably somewhere on Wikipedia, but I don't know it whether it's canon or not. But mm-hmm. I like that perspective of the like, and Numa, she would have seen the clones turn into the stormtroopers at some point. Mm-hmm. Um and she would have had to eventually make the decision to fight against those who might be who they used to be, who might be completely new draftees. Like, you Mm -hmm. never know. I mean, we really still don't get into, we know that there are still clones early in the war. There's no telling how many are still there now, but I just love those kinds of perspectives because sometimes it feels like we move on too quickly uh, in time periods. Yeah. Um, So being able to linger on it and kind of uh, feel things out pretty interesting um but yeah so cham and his crew try to sabotage but eventually the ghost crew is able to uh circumvent that and still accomplish the goal of commandeering the ship um and escaping mo- relatively unharmed
1: yeah as we use the force on a dude for the first time it was very nice i,
0: I love that everybody was so patient with him too <laughs> it's
1: like try again
0: yeah <laughs> at, like i love that everybody was just there for him in that moment and everything but um, yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't say that Cham completely changed his heart after this. No. Um, I think really he only did it because it was for for his daughter. I do like the fam, uh, family interactions we get between them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, again, I don't think this is meant to say that everything's happily ever after between them now, but even if just for a moment, at least they were able to agree on something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, which is nice.
1: And also, Hara has a very sweet moment with her dad where I that I have pretty consistently, where when you're talking to your father pretty directly, and then you slip back into your accent a little <laughs> bit, and you just, like, pull a little more stank on it, <laughs> because your family's from Kentucky, and you can't really get away from that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't have that problem. I have that uh, problem. My family does not talk to me. I have my adoptive family, but if anything, that's where all of my current mannerisms come from, so I don't think I ever slip out of that. <laughs> I'm very just constantly true. in a state of mannerism. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the voice, if you ever notice that my accent's thicker than normal, I've just talked to my father, most likely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I like that it highlights. That's a very real yeah. thing. People, uh, you know, uh, How I Met Your Mother had a whole episode of this, of you turn back into who they knew you were around them. Yeah. Like, you know, your college friend. And, and it's not a written law or anything, but no. sometimes it does happen. You find people slip back in time, um, and, and having her, like, her accent come out, and, and all of this other stuff, it it was just one of those things where it's just, Mm -hmm. like, that, that's, you did not at all have to explain her accent, but, wow, you slipped it in there really, like, really well, Mm -hmm. uh, without addressing it, like, they didn't have anything of, like, you know, uh, you know, don't talk to me like a normal person, you know, talk to me in your native tongue, like, they, they didn't have any, like, direct yeah. thing. It was just no, it just she just slips into it when she gets angry apparently, which
1: <laughs> is I wonder
0: accurate? if Kanan knows that.
1: <laughs> He's probably heard her speaking. Probably that's probably the that's, French. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. the language of love, so maybe that's what did it. Gross. So uh but no it's it's an overall really good episode. Um Hera's a really strong complex character. Um And again, very different from those around her, although I don't think that makes her better or worse than anybody around her. Uh, So I love when she gets a little bit of attention and growth. Yeah. And um, there's one particularly in Season 3 that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, And so, But until then, that's uh, another moment for Hera to shine and whatnot. Um, Now let's talk about some whales. You're still with us on the Rebels Rewatch. Now we're talking about The Call. So I think in the last episode, what I was thinking about, because I know that the, I say I know, I'm pretty sure that the Mando one, the mm-hmm. reason they had to get through Concord Dawn was fuel related. Could be wrong. But I know, but I, I think this episode was the other one I was thinking of yeah. being fuel related. Because this one is
1: definitely fuel related. Yeah,
0: it, that's all it, that's all it's about. So
1: Also, Pokemon Space Whales.
0: Uh, Pokemon?
1: They look like Pokemon. Let's be real okay they're an sure. octopus space whale that i would
0: not categorize that in pokemon first i like yeah i don't know, I don't know <laughs> there's many a universe i would attribute them to first than pokemon there's a
1: pokemon that's just a freaking seal so
0: yeah it's name is seal
1: exactly <laughs> with a horn on. back no when me. they
0: were good yeah he turns into dugong
1: which is another word for seal. Yeah. So, like, geez. That's
0: all that originally, it, originally, they weren't trying to be like <sighs>
1: sip of ridiculous. Coffee.
0: The only reason they're ridiculous now is because they ran out of ideas too quick. Maybe like they should have stopped a few years ago. But that's just my personal opinion.
1: <laughs> I told a kid the other day when I was checking out, he was getting some Pokemon books. And I was like, I remember when there was only 150 Pokemon. And yeah, his, his dad and I high fived.
0: Like, really? Like, I mean, I had the uh, poster. Mm -hmm. um that I got with my first like starter deck set um but it had all 151 Mm -hmm. actually but um yeah like that was around when the first movie came out so it was like a big deal so they they did that um yeah like very different times very different times
1: we need to have a child with the same initials as me so I can have Mewtwo
0: Mewtwo yep um, so this episode is a fuel run, uh, but the interesting thing comes about when it doesn't go as planned, because that's typically the episode, hey, we've got an adventure, uh, plan A doesn't work, so let's talk about plan B, and, and that plan B is usually the episode. Yeah. Uh, and this is very much that, in that um, they are going in deep space um, to try and steal gas from the mining guild. Yes. I, think, I don't remember if they're trying to steal it directly from them or if they just run into them, but either way, that's a part of the plot is, hey, we need fuel and it looks like the mining guild has got plenty.
1: I think the thing is they find a source for fuel, find out the mining guild is over it.
0: Okay, that makes more sense. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, because they see the TIEs and they're like, wait, that's not Imperial.
1: That's the mining guild. Uh, yeah. TIE Fighters aren't yellow. Uh,
0: now, before they run into the TIE Fighters is the interesting thing. Uh, it's just... Fair warning: This is a very simple episode. It's not a lot, but if you have seen all of the episodes of Rebels, you know what this sets up. So it's not entirely simple, but for the sake of this episode, it's simple. You're not there yet, sorry. I'm
1: not there yet. I am far ahead, but I am I am still reeling. Well, you just finished
0: us. Yeah, we're done with season two. Uh, In terms of watching, you have seen the finale of season two. Season three is. A whole nother wild, crazy ride, though. I
1: don't though. wanna. I don't wanna. I'm <laughs> not ready there. for those emotions.
0: <laughs> uh, you're not gonna experience emotions on the same level as the season two finale. Okay. Good. In my opinion, and knowing kind of your attachments, the last thing you have is something you already yeah. know is coming. Um, so yeah. the, and like anybody who's fans of the latter seasons, I'm not dissing them. I love everything about Rebels, but the mid-season the, you know the yeah. break between season two to season three that finale is like nothing else it's so huge it's so emotional and for
1: so many different it's reasons. some of my
0: favorite star wars storytelling animated or otherwise because i just love the it's the ultimate confrontation of anakin and darth vader and i know that sounds like well no episode six exists yes but that's I don't see I don't see that as a confrontation with Vader and Anakin. I see that uh, as more of an Anakin coming to the light of his son. Um mm-hmm. you have to understand I'm I'm commenting from where my brain processes. I'm not saying it's as def- definitive information. Yeah. So for me, the season 2 finale is it's this conflict. This is it it's almost this final nail in the bed situation of I am Darth Vader. Because arguably, the last big thing, I mean, he knows Obi-Wan's out there. Yeah. Uh, but one of the last big things for him was his apprentice. There was no way Obi-Wan was ever going to save him. Yeah. So that's not really a big deal to him. A big deal is someone who looked up to him, loved him, and last time they saw him, believed in him. Mm-hmm. and. hmm you know like it's a whole different kind of conversation yeah, and
1: who is still holding out hope for Anakin to Gatwater.
0: exactly and that's where he that's where he's just like nope so I'm mean, gonna talk
1: about it so much yeah
0: sorry to sorry to get ahead on that <laughs> but gonna be a I long just episode. I wanted to clarify what I mean by I think that the season two finale for me and and again mm-hmm. I, you could surprise me and mm-hmm. latch on to something so ridiculous <laughs> I
1: latched on to this episode
0: but like um for what I know about what you tend to really attach to mm-hmm. in uh, these shows, you're not going to have those sorts of emotions. You're going to have different emotions for sure, but not those kinds of emotions. Um, so season two finale is kind of a uh, its own unique experience. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, this is a seed sowing episode, and it takes a very long time for this to come through. But nonetheless, you got to get introduced to the whales for it to, to matter. I, so, I
1: love this episode. Yeah. Well, I really
0: enjoyed it. You specifically called out the, it's another Ezra Beastie episode. Like, he you really know, is Beast Nature Whisper. Boy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he is Ace Ventura of the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, this started a whole interesting conversation because of like, that's like just his gifting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder if in the Jedi order, there was a class on, whispering like it like it's meant to be something everybody could do but yeah but is it really something everybody can do or is it just unique to certain people like he why... just
1: eliza thornberry like yeah
0: like i i think of certain things where like there's churches that believe certain things are definitive like every every christian should have mm-hmm. this or do this or like whatever um and it's one of those things where, like, is it or is that denominational? Is that personal? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not picking up snakes. <laughs>
0: um, I, did, or, uh, I did earlier this week. You did week, do that. So.
1: That's because you're a Slytherin, it not was because not, you're a Christian. Yeah,
0: and it was not because of, yeah, it wasn't because of Jesus. <laughs> it, was, it was just a relocate a him safely. Did you name him? No, I did not.
1: It's because you're not me. <laughs> that's that's. This is what happens when a Hufflepuff marries a Slytherin, y'all.
0: Um, you get
1: conversations like this.
0: But I, I really wonder, I mean, I'm not going on off of anything as if, oh, darn, that Jedi Order, they probably forced all kinds of people to talk to animals that weren't supposed to. I don't believe that. But I know that thinking back to Dooku Jedi Lost, um, it was a little bit of a mention in there because, I mean, Dooku has a mm-hmm. uh, connection uh, with the Beast. The Tuitaka. Yeah. And, but I don't know if they built that up as, that's sort of something everybody can, it's not like yeah. Harry Potter. Everybody talks to their animal. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's an interesting thing I didn't think about before this episode and before you mentioned that. I
1: think it's kind of like Jaws 3, where the mom of the kids has a psychic connection with a shark.
0: hmm I don't think it's anything like that, but okay. <laughs> um, You're over Jaws 3? I think, I think that's just his language. I think that's like his force language. I feel like everybody yeah. that has the force has a, like, energy they give off yeah. or a language... You know, like
1: my my force language is touch and time.
0: Well, I mean, it's along the same lines as like love languages in that it it's not a language; it's action. Yeah. But like energy has language. Um, in an in a, I'm not going to start selling crystals and trying to get you to believe in uh, essential oils. Just calm down. But okay, but like, love
1: language is actually a thing. Yeah, We're not going to talk about well, that. Well, right I now.
0: just mean I didn't want people thinking anything because I said that in energies and all that. Like what I mean is that. I do believe that people can have an atmosphere. Yeah, totally. And I think that that can speak. I, I think that can communicate without you ever having to say something.
1: Yeah, vibes are totally a thing, but and not I, to the point that a lot of people believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you believe in that, that's you, that's your practice, cool. But yeah. I, I don't I don't literally believe it, but I do believe that it's a thing. I mean, it. most people just call it a mood, but I, I think that yeah. people can have an atmosphere. That's why whether you're good or bad, you can affect people without even saying anything to them. It, mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's an energy language. And I see the force sort of like that, I think, in how it speaks to other people. And I guess I think that Ezra's language speaks more directly to animals for some reason. Like, uh, I don't know if it's meant to be this nature connection sort of metaphor or uh what it's meant to be uh specifically but uh because again I have not deeply thought about that point until you brought it up so mm-hmm. um it but works. uh interestingly enough what do you think that Kanan's is then or does he have anything special
1: <laughs> well he has this thing <laughs> where he can actually talk to plants I don't, <laughs> I don't know I don't know man he can talk to Hera that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty stunning um, Getting her to calm down. Maybe that's his force language—is talking to women and making them calm.
0: I think sensibility might be it in general, um, because during Order Sixty Six, he was able to reach a clone through the conditioning. Like, really, he was able to bring uh, someone back. Uh, now it didn't last, and he ended up. But like, sorry, spoilers. Read the canon comics. But like. I, I, Maybe I'm forcing it, but I think the, yeah. I think sensibility, being able to reach a, a, a middle ground. I mean, like think back yeah. to Concord Dawn. He was able to peacefully talk to someone. Like, oh, we almost had it all taken care of, and then Sabine had to blow some stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and like you said, it seems like he's very. And I don't think he's all, that means he's always calm, but I think that he is. More dispositioned towards finding a way of peace than maybe others are.
1: Which sounds like something that he may have learned from Deppa.
0: No. No. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't really see that because you you know who Deppa's master is, right? No. It, she was trained by Mace Windu. Oh,
1: never mind. I thought that I was just shot in the dark there. Her her and Anakin's sensibilities are both like sword.
0: Uh, I, I won't. I'm not saying. I, I, I enjoy Canon Depa. I do not know much yeah. of Legend. But um, she she's very strong maternal. Um, I, I, I think her thing more so is her, her force power is just literally strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I see that that's what she's instilled in Kanan. But I think that Kanan didn't necessarily take it as strength of saber, but strength of will. And so he has this will towards peace. And I think that he is training Ezra. And I, But I think Ezra's mm-hmm. thing is, even if we don't just say it's about beast language, but I, I feel like his thing is he's more in tune with natural force mm-hmm. rather than people.
1: He's part mongoose.
0: Um, because like everything has the force, but I feel like he connects better with not human force.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: I don't feel like his thing is flips and tricks and, you know, power. I think his thing is communication, but not with people, if that makes sense. like
1: Oh, that makes very much sense.
0: Which, I mean, like, it seems like an undersell, but, like, when you acknowledge that the Force is literally in everything, not everybody can talk to everything. Mm-hmm. So for for him to be conditioned towards being able to talk more with animals i think is actually significant yeah whereas other people their again their thing is strength or or tricks yeah. and such
1: or i think in cases like anakin and han solo luck they're very lucky
0: people fair um i think i think anakin's like force stats would be all 20s dude <laughs> i he feel like rolled... he's op
1: he rolled an but edge. his intelligence he is like four. Like <laughs> so, like every character I've ever made.
0: <laughs> right, but he does have pragmatism, though. He like he's that character. Like you don't how do how do you have zero intelligence but like twenty charisma? Like I'm how a bard. The, right So it's like
1: <laughs> you, you kidding me?
0: <laughs> it's so crazy. Anyway, um, so we've talked to death this concept that has nothing to do with the episode Sorry. and it's just guessing, but. Uh, yeah, so space whales co- come in and uh, seem to be causing trouble, but Ezra seems to be like the only one who's like, "Hey, maybe we should think about like." It yeah. seems like they're disturbed. It seems like they're going towards something. It seems like, you know, he's constantly like, "Hey, can we talk to the to, <laughs> to the whales?" Um, and everybody else is just like, "No, that's stupid. That that's legends." And and Hera's all together, just like, "No, they like they're trouble." Uh, you know mm-hmm. how many starships run into those stupid whales? I mean, it's the same thing of like trying to say, like, you know how many boats whales sink? Yeah. You're in their ocean. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like pigeons. There are people who hate pigeons. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we built the city around pigeons. <laughs> like, and also, we domesticated pigeons. Right. Dude, they were bred oh. in captivity to be uh, messenger birds. And then we were just like, no, nah, we got text messages. We don't need them anymore. And so we just released them to the wild to be fat birds
0: right. on our streets. Well, so it's like, I, I think more so we trained them to uh, be around humans. So yeah, much. Man. Like And so now they're around humans and everybody hates that.
1: Like, Go hug a pigeon,
0: man. <laughs> I do. Pigeons don't, are really cool. Don't do that, but um, definitely so smart, don't hurt yeah. pigeons and don't feed them breadcrumbs. That's actually not good for them. No,
1: feed them seeds.
0: Um, but at some point, when they're trying to take down the mining guild uh, facility to steal the gas, uh, Ezra has his like beast connection moment with the pergil, and
1: it's so good. I love it.
0: Bye. Uh, you don't have an opinion. Stop it. Um, <laughs> His
1: opinion is clank, 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 clank.
0: Right. Uh, not entirely sure what goes on between him and the Pergill, but overall, he's like... Um, oh, snap. Like, hey, he wants the mining... They want the mining guild gone, too, because they actually eat gas, is the whole thing. So um, this is the equivalent of destroying coral reefs and whatnot, like natural ecosystems, and then being like, why are all these fish angry at humans? Like, hmm... Wonder why. Mm -hmm. Um, So they actually end up getting help from the Pergil, not only to take down the Mining Guild, but to steal the gas. And in the end, they get a nice, uh, cool show because legend tells that these uh, Pergil can actually use hyperspace. Dude. And it turns out it's true.
1: That was so hype when it happened in the episode when we watched it for for the first time. I'm pretty sure that I turned around on the couch and looked at you with the doofiest look on my face. But, like, that was Well, and it explains
0: why they eat the gas. Like, they literally, it somehow helps them propel into, like, if you imagine hyperspace as a sort of dimension rip.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Essentially, they're able to force themselves into it. Like, like. Netflix I mean, like, like up. think about, like, rip currents or, like, um, you know, like, the scene from Finding Nemo. Yeah. It's that whole idea of, um, you know, that's I'm hyperspace. Sorry. And we think it's only accessible to certain things. But it turns out these biological animals somehow have acquired a way to use it as well. And that explains why, though, ships run into them. I'm not saying that it's not a tragedy that Joe Bob's not coming home to his wife because he ran into a whale... But I am saying, well,
1: you were in their I mean, man,
0: it's like when you run into a deer on the road. It's like, you know, how like horrible, just bad. Like car insurance saved me, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, I mean. We kind of put the road there. We exactly. kind of put a road through their their habitat. We,
1: it's like when Sasquatch comes into your house and like eats. Out <laughs> just of your invites fridge. himself. It's just in. like you're in his forest. Excuse <laughs> me. What are you um, doing in Mount Rainier if you don't want it Sasquatch in your house?
0: So overall, very light episode with a, a few saving moments. And again, for us, it started some weird conversations that <laughs> apparently
1: I think that was pretty
0: normal. Cool. But uh. Do bookmark it, keep it in your, your brains because, um, well, I would, I would assume anybody listening has already seen these episodes, so you already know, hopefully, how it connects, but you...
1: Yeah, uh, I will bookmark yes. and save.
0: Um, it's going to be a while before we get back to it, but we will get back to it, so... Well, that is our episodes this week. Hopefully, you enjoyed the conversations around them. If you've got anything you'd like to say about those episodes or anything else rebels with in mind that her mom has not seen everything. Uh, yes. you can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, and let us know. Uh, we are talking about a couple of other fun episodes next week. We get another Zeb focus episode, which is nice. We also get lamb chops. Um, <laughs> lamb chop the sheep. We also get a Soka back, I believe. So uh, a couple of good ones, if I'm correct, uh, coming up next week. So stay connected for that. Sorry, this one was late. Uh, It just happens, but we did get it out. There you go. Um, But until next time, make sure that you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. So you get the next newest, freshest content from us uh, hot off the nerd press. Uh, We have a fun main show. We're continuing to talk about Mandalorian season one. We've got a super nerdy nerdy verse episode coming out. Uh, Nobody came after me with pitchfork. So apparently nobody hated the last one. So we're keeping it up and uh, we'll see where that goes. And then, like I said, more Rebels. So, uh, lots of exciting things. We're excited and we appreciate everybody that listens, uh, who put up with the ads, who share the episodes, all of that good stuff. Um, the biggest things you guys can definitely do that helps us out is share it and rate it and all that good stuff if you haven't. Um, and am I missing anything? Thank you to our uh, supporters yeah. um, Game Infinite and red five network yeah um two awesome groups of people uh red five network is full of cool podcast people Mm -hmm. uh and game infinite is a platform for sharing cosplayers and artists and gamers and all kinds of stuff don't let the game part of infinite scare you it's a little bit of everything really
1: and i'm there too yeah
0: so uh you can check out uh both of them on uh twitter instagram facebook um and all that good stuff. If you want to see other podcasts, you can go to redfivenetwork.com. Mhm. Uh we're there. We're so there. There you go. So be
1: excellent to each other. Uh, although we are
0: not we're not the best you can find there. There's plenty of other awesome people there, so but uh thank you guys. Thank you to our patrons, uh Jim, Doug, Rebecca. You guys are awesome. And now I think I'm not forgetting anything.
1: Um you're forgetting one thing.
0: What am I forgetting? I love you. I love you. We're talking to you the listener,
1: by yeah. the way.